So we're going to flow or continue our flow into the um, op- possibilities of meta practice uh, this morning. And as I said last night, you know, meta, this attitude uh, or intention of kindness, of care, of friendliness, of goodwill, of well-wishing, you know, we can say it in many different ways, um, that we can bring to, uh, to how we meet experience, to how we relate to experience. Um, and there's different ways of practicing metta. Uh, there's actually quite a lot of different ways. Uh, so this morning I'll be introducing one way, this afternoon we'll introduce another way. Um, part of the idea with that is that different ways will work for different people at different times. And so uh, just remembering, you know, we offer something, you try it out, resonates, doesn't resonate, there's more options. Yeah. Also feel free to let us know, oh, I'm really struggling with that particular form. Yeah. And we can fast forward the process so that you don't need to wait till day three to, to hear the, the, the option that would work for you necessarily. But uh, just, yeah, listening, trying out, knowing that there's different possibilities. The main thing that we're uh, wanting to do is to find a way to tune into this intention and to bring it into being, into how we're meeting uh, experience. So remembering our basic framework, our basic framework, any moment of experience, yeah, which is basically any moment that we're awake, yeah, we ha- we're having experiences, right? Any moment of experience, there'll be an object in attention and there'll be a way of relating. Yeah? Any moment. And we say, we, we might say this, sometimes we say this, the what we're paying attention to and the how. Yeah? The what and the how are shaping um, our experience in a particular way. And through meditation practice, we're cultivating skillful and wholesome ways of relating, metta being one of them. And so we've already been doing that. Uh, We've been arriving, we've been meeting our experience with kindness, uh, with interest, with friendliness, or at least we've been intending to. We have strong habits of mind and part of what we see when we have a particular intention is what the habits are and when they're not in alignment with our intention. So as we've been doing so far, it's very helpful when we meditate, when we are trying to cultivate something in particular, like a wholesome, skillful way of relating, to use an anchor of attention to say, okay, simplicity, like Jake was saying yesterday, want to simplify our experience, instead of just kind of taking everything in, I'm going to, to point the attention to a particular anchor. And that supports the gathering, the settling, the clear seeing, and the possibility to then incline the heart and mind towards uh, a particular way of paying attention, a particular way um, of relating to our experience. And so for uh, this morning, just as we've been doing so far, we're using an anchor that's relatively um, uneventful for us. So it may be 
uh, something to do with the body, might be the breath, might be uh, body sensations. Or if those are not accessible or helpful anchors of attention for you, you can use sound. But we're clear in each meditation session, this is my anchor. It's the breath or the body or the sound, one of those. Or the breath can be in the body. (laughs) It is in the body. So those two can come together. But uh, we're clear. What is the what is the anchor? And important to say with that, we're clear that we have an anchor, but it doesn't mean that what we're trying to do is to kind of erase out the totality of experience and only have in awareness that anchor. Now sometimes, a lot of times, <laughs> whether you're new to meditation or you're very experienced, we have this idea that what I need to be doing is to be aware 100% of the time and 100% of my attention of the anchor, of my breathing, for example. And nothing else should be going on. Everything else is a distraction. And it's wrong. That's what what the voices in our head can say to us. And just to say, no, it's okay that other things are going on. Yeah, we may be working with the breath and you know, hearing the sounds yeah, in the background of feeling, oh, my feet are cold or my hands are cold yeah. in the background or having <laughs> thoughts arise in the background. Yeah, I keep saying in the background because we're getting this sense of background and foreground. Yeah, what's at the center of my attention And what can just be there without being necessarily a problem, but also without um, kind of lessening that gravitational pull that the mind has to jump from thing to thing. Through having that sense of clarity, this is the anchor. Does that make sense to people? Yeah. Great. And so the more we can do that, have the clarity of the anchor, what I'm intending to bring attention to, and we'll get to the how in a moment, um, that really supports a kind of gatheredness, just the sounds right now. Now, Really simple, (laughs) or just the breath right now. The breath in the body, the sounds in awareness. And as we do that more and more, um, there's a gatheredness that builds up. A gatheredness of body, heart, and mind coming together, uh, which can uh, bring a quite a sense of well-being. Yeah, sometimes immediately, sometimes over time. And uh, if if that's happening at any point in your practice, then please take time to enjoy it, appreciate the well-being of that profound simplicity when body, heart, and mind um, come together. Come together. So we have the what. As we're practicing meditation, we have the anchor. We have the what we're paying attention to. The breath, the sound, the body, not too tightly. And we're also interested in the how, in the way of relating, the way of paying attention, which uh, today we're continuing with this thread of receiving yeah, receiving the anchor, receiving the object, 
and attention with receptivity, with friendliness and with kindness, with an attitude of metta, with an attitude of metta. And we might say it's like an attitude of just allowing things to be here and even uh, welcoming them uh, sometimes. So we might be sitting here and receiving an attention, whatever our anchor is, the body sensations, or the breath, or the sound. And we might just have a sense of that attitude as if welcoming, just like we would um, welcome a friend that's come to visit. Have a sense of, ah, come in. You're allowed. You're welcome. Uh, We might really connect to that as a a kind of a sense of of the relating. Uh, It may be helpful for some of us to actually use um, either an image like I just did, yeah, welcoming as a friend, yeah, or opening the door to welcome something in, or relaxing the space of the body as we open to the breath or open to the sound, and in that there's an opening, it's like opening a door, opening the space of awareness. So maybe using an image or a felt sense. Uh, it might be helpful to actually use a word, a few words just to say as we internally we're saying it internally as we're receiving the breath welcome welcome or ah you're loud or you may be at ease you know I wish for you to be at ease and so we're, we're finding a way of tuning in. All of these are vehicles to tune in to that intention or that attitude of, of friendliness and goodwill towards experience. Uh, it may, some of them may sound weird. Yeah. And so if they do, that may be, depending on your self-knowledge, a good reason to try them out. Yeah. Um, but you don't have to. You can see uh, what's, what's, what works for me, that just through the body sense, softening the body sense to feel more fully the breath as it arises or to feel more fully the sound which we can actually feel in the space of awareness in the body moving through. Or we see what happens when we just say every once in a while to the breathing, welcome, welcome allowed to be here and we're bringing that you know today primarily we're working with the anchor we're working with the anchor and attention in that way bringing that relationship to it as we're doing that and it's we're pacing ourselves so get some flow with this practice and then start to be interested in noticing uh, how does the atmosphere feel How does it feel to have a sense of welcoming towards something like the breath? How does it feel? Do we get this sense of like, ah, something opens, something softens, there's some well-being? Do we meet the parts of ourselves that saying, ah, this is, you know, you know, what does it matter if I welcome the breath or not? It's happening anyway. Maybe that's what we're meeting. And then we say, ah, what happens if we soften with that? 
how does that impact our um, experience? And we might see that as we're doing that, we're not doing something else. So as we cultivate something, we're like automatically, yeah, inadvertently, we're letting go of another thing. What we're letting go of is our habit of reactivity. What we're letting go of is our habit of reactivity. As we're bringing in this sense of welcoming, friendliness, kindness and care towards experience. That reactivity, that saying, I want this and I don't want that. Yeah. I want you, but only if you're like this, and I don't want you know, you if you're like that. Towards our own very moment-to-moment -moment unfolding experience. So it's a mode of practice we're trying out. A mode of practice we're trying out and a cultivation of this intention. And we're interested to see how does that impact our well-being. And in order to see that, we need to practice it for a little bit of time. And not just try like one, um, one minute or five minutes and say, okay, no, that doesn't work. But we actually need to give it a little bit longer and see how does that impact well-being and how does that impact my understanding about the human condition, about how my experience is shaped. So maybe we're already getting the sense of this practice um, that it sounds simple, but it isn't always easy to do. Yeah. One, it's not easy to maintain any kind, anything in the mind. Um, the other is that it again goes against our conditioned habits. So uh, it's not always easy and it may be um, initially simple, but then maybe when the body starts to get uncomfortable um, or the mind gets restless and moves about, uh, then it can get more challenging. And so we want to include that in the arena of our practice. Practice is not about perfection. It's not about perfection. And a quote from a teacher I really like called Tanisa Rubiku, and he talks about, um, he says, you know, if we only meditated when we wanted to meditate, then we would only get to know the mind that wants to meditate. And as we can imagine, that is a mind that appears only a very certain amount of time, <laughs> not all the time, and we wouldn't get to know all the other aspects of our experience. And we can widen that out and say, if we only kind of only brought our practice to when conditions were perfect, yeah, when the body was pain-free, when the mind was relaxed, yeah, when the temperature in the room was just right, when it was quiet enough, when the person next to me wasn't shuffling, you know, doesn't matter. if we only brought our practice to when conditions were perfect, we would only know that slice of our experience. And we're interested to know the entirety of our experience and we're interested to bring our practice to that. So um, we want to bring our practice also to the moments, also to the times when the body will get uncomfortable and when the mind will get distracted. 
and we see them as part of our practice rather than as the problems. Yeah, rather than as the problems. And here again, we're changing the conditioned attitude. We're bringing interest to an experience that we would normally label as non-meditation, problem, distraction, um, getting in the way. And we actually say, no, this is interesting. And how do I meet this in a skillful and wholesome way? So one way of meeting it is um, to actually bring appreciation because when we notice distraction, when we notice, oh, it's, and the mind keeps going to the leg falling asleep or whatever it may be, um, then, then we notice this is a moment of presence. Actually, when I notice this is what the mind is doing, I can actually rest in that presence here. Say, aha, present. There's presence right here, knowing the experience right here. And what would it mean to bring kindness uh, to that? So we don't need to get it perfect every moment. We're, we're, we're um, learning a skill. We're learning a skill, we're practicing, we're cultivating a skill. And it can be helpful for us as human beings to reflect. You know, we've learnt a lot of things over our lives. We've learnt a lot of things. We've learnt how to walk, we've learnt how to talk. Some of us have learnt how to use a knife and fork. I never learnt how to do that. Always embarrassing in the UK. Everyone's so good at it. Um, anyway, we've learnt how to ride a bike. We've learnt how to do a lot of things. And when we think about how we learned to do them, it's not very likely that we were good at them straight away when we first tried. Yeah. Learned languages, some of us. Yeah. I wouldn't have learned, English is not my native language. I wouldn't have learned it if I was afraid to make mistakes. Luckily, I was eight years old. A lot less fear around making mistakes when you're eight. We just reflect on that. We say, no, it's learning a skill. Learning a skill. And so we're practicing, we're learning. Um, we're, it's, a, it's a gradual development and cultivation that we need, we're doing, and we don't need to get it perfect in, ev in any given moment. Uh, we just need to be willing to keep showing up. To keep showing up to this moment of experience. So that's the suggestions for today, that attitude of kindness, that attitude of care, that attitude of interest towards our experience. Um, and I'm going to guide a practice in a moment. Uh, before I do, uh, we've been here almost half an hour. So just as we've done yesterday, um, we will just check in as a practice of kindness to the body if body needs a little stretch. And if it does, you can stand up and stretch it and sit down again um, or uh, stretch a particular part of the body that you can do from sitting, uh, change your sitting posture, if that's helpful.
And so just to say, I see a lot of people heading out. It's not quite enough time for a pee break. But if you really need one, then you'll just miss the beginning. It's just a little stretch, kindness to the body. And as we're um, settling back into the posture, you can still stretch a bit. I'm just going to say a few general things about posture. And at 12 o'clock today, we'll be here um, for an optional session for those who want to work more individually with you on your posture. So we'll remind you of that at the time, but uh, just to say there will be time to to work one-on-one. It's just a few general things about posture. And you really are welcome to carry on stretching while I say it, if that's helpful. Um, so we want to have a, a solid base for the body when we're, when we're uh, trying to keep it still in the sitting posture. And uh, what really helps with that is to have three points of contact for the body. So if you see me sitting on a chair right now, one point of contact is my buttocks. Yeah, that will be with all the sitting postures. The buttocks will be one point of contact. And then in a chair the two feet, yeah, two more points. Uh, if you're sitting in a cross-legged position, then uh, ideally your knees would be the other two, um, might be your legs. And if you're kneeling, any of the kneeling postures, then it's the, the shins, this bottom part of your, um, of your legs, which are the point two and three of contact for you. But you can just really try, if you're already kind of getting into your sitting posture now, just feel into that and seeing sometimes we can balance a little bit front and back to find, um, to find the, the, the right place where we feel that solid base. I want a base for the body that allows the support to come up the torso, up the back. Because the the solid base allows uh, the back to be supported to be upright, which is something that in our uh, modern day cultures uh, we're not used to doing. The body isn't used to doing, not used to support the back to be upright. So that's one, the three points of contact. Um, The other is generally it can be helpful if the hips are higher than your knees. That's another helpful tip. It, both both of these um, al- support the, the hips to open, which is also supportive for the back. So again, I'll show you. I'm sitting on one of these chair wedges. See, it's got an angle. So if you're using a, a chair, these are really, really useful. Um, they're back in the cushion room at the back. They have a special cupboard that's labeled. Um, and you can use a, s- a similar thing also if you're sitting... Uh, on the floor, a lot of the benches are angled already, a little ang- angle which allows the, the hips to be higher than the knees. Um, and with the cushions, you can create that uh, by putting a, a, a small cushion underneath um, your main cushion. You create that little angle uh, which supports. But in general, hips higher than knees, another really helpful tip. Um, that supports the uprightness and ease in the posture. And One last um, tip that can be really helpful is just to notice what happens in our chest and shoulder, upper chest and shoulder area. 
So um, the chest being open is really helpful for our practice and it tends to come with uprightness. So some of us, um, many of us, will, uh, will, will have habits of the body and a lot of the time around this area, the habit is to slump. It's, a, it's really common it's to slump. We're not, not used to staying upright. So that can be just an, a, a place that we check in with every once in a while. What's happening in the chest area? What happens to my experience when the chest is more open, the shoulders um, are more relaxed? Um, and we, we can just notice that. We know the body will revert to habit. It does that, creatures of habit. And when we notice, come back to the habit, gently realign uh, with the posture. Reaffirm the uprightness of the back, if we can, and, um, and open the chest. And with all of this, uh, we each know our own body, and different bodies have different needs. So with all of these, these are just general tips, and uh, make sure that they fit to your body's needs uh, in particular. So there are uh, detailed guidelines about posture by the notice board hanging up there on the wall uh, that you can look at. And as I said, we will do some one-to-one -one work at 12 o'clock for those who wish here in the hall. So let's practice together. Checking in with your posture and making any adjustments that may be needed. That the body is as supported and stable and balanced as possible. Checking in with a balance of uprightness and ease in the body, in the back, in the chest. And we're going to take some time to Invite the awareness more deeply into the body to ground it in the body space. Sometimes helpful to use the sensations of contact for this, the contact of the body with the seat and the body with the ground.
Just feeling those sensations of contact and inviting the awareness and the attention to gather with those sensations. To collect. with these sensations. From there, inviting from the groundedness in the contact sensations, inviting the awareness to open through the body. You can imagine it flowing up the body and down the body. Filling up the space of the body. So we're getting a feeling, a sense of the whole body here. And awareness is expanded, spread through the whole field of the body. So through our practice, the invitation is to maintain both a groundedness in the body and this sense of a wide awareness, open and inclusive of the whole body space. And within this awareness, we're tuning in to a frequency of receptivity. Of uh, an allowing, welcoming, friendly attitude towards experience.
And we're going to choose the anchor for our attention for this practice time. Just taking a few moments to feel what's the most accessible anchor for me. Could be those contact sensations or the breathing or the field of sounds. Deciding what your anchor will be for this practice time. Keeping the awareness wide through the whole body. Tuning in to receive that anchor into awareness, into attention. Feeling the flow and movement of the breathing or of the sounds. Rising in the body or passing through the space of awareness. emphasizing to whatever degree is possible for us that attitude of meta of kindness of care of welcoming in the way we receive the anchor of attention in awareness meeting this breath or sound or sensation with kindness. We might just have a felt sense of that kindness or if it's helpful, we can use an image or a word. Or a softening of the body to allow the breath more deeply and more fully into the whole space to allow the sound to be met with more intimacy. Softening the body or using it using an image of like opening a door 
inviting the anchor of attention into awareness, into the body space. We're using a word. If that's helpful for you, like welcome. So we'll just practice, explore this for some time.
right now in this moment of experience, seeing what's present. If you're not with the anchor of attention in this moment, just acknowledging that. Appreciating the presence of this moment. Turning with kindness and interest to your experience. Checking in with the awareness through the body, seeing if we can soften and open widen through the body space. Tuning in to the frequency of friendliness, of care and kindness in awareness. Opening to the anchor of attention and continuing to meet it, to receive it with this non-demanding attitude, allowing and welcoming and befriending. May you feel welcomed Softening, opening the body space. As you continue to attend to the anchor in attention with a wide body awareness and a heart-mind inclined to friendliness, to receptivity, to non-demand and non-reactivity.
Once more tuning in. To what's arising, what's unfolding in this moment of experience. And for the last few minutes of this practice time, just tuning in to that sense of offering your attention, giving your attention with kindness to the anchor that you're working with for this time. Receiving in kindness. over and over again welcoming allowing softening and opening So as you transition, move the body perhaps or open the eyes, see if we can keep that thread of kindness and interest. 
It's another Tanisha Obiku quote, the best way to come out of meditation is not to come out all the way. Yeah. And if that feels like, oh no, heavy, then just lighten that up. <laughs> you know, what, what would that mean? Uh, what, what, what do I love or what was nourishing that I can just keep going in that light, yeah, light kindness and interest in the attitude? This can be really supportive as we transition between forms of practice. So when a, a period of stillness meditation ends here in the hall, it's usually followed by a period of walking or uh, movement practice um, outside the hall. I want to say a little bit about this. So on the schedule, it's keeps, uh, it keeps being referred to as walking. Um, sometimes for some of us, walking might not be a helpful um, way of moving the body. So I just want to name that and acknowledge that if that's the case for you, um, it can be another form of movement. It might just be sitting in a, in a chair and moving the, the hand, you know, or moving the leg, or moving the, the neck. You know, just something that kind of brings that sense of movement um, into the practice. Um, and so I'm going to speak about walking practice because that's what most of us will be engaged with. But I wanted to name that to start with so that if walking is not helpful for your body right now, then you adapt the suggestions for walking to uh, another form of movement that you do with your body. So generally, uh, with walking practice, um, just like with the stillness, with the sitting or standing, we have an anchor for attention. It's the same principle. We have an anchor, um, and the anchor, uh, while we're doing walking practice, uh, can be the same anchor as in the, in the sitting. So if sounds work for you, you could work with sounds as you're walking as well. Um, if body works for you, then uh, you can work with the body. Either, uh, for many of us, the, the footsteps and the contact with the ground can be a very beautiful place uh, to bring the attention. It also does something very grounding to us because it pulls our attention from the head where it likes to go uh, down, down, down into the body and into the contact with, with the ground. So it uh, can be very useful in that way. Um, for some of us, if, if you got into this more sense of the whole body awareness, it can be a sense of the whole body as a wholeness moving. Yeah, so it might be something more wide or something more specific, uh, like the footsteps um, or the sound. Um, it's also really helpful, just like we have our place in the hall, and it's not like every time we come in here uh, we have to rearrange it, so also with the walking practice, to have a sense of a walking path. It might be a different place that you walk every time, but at the beginning you have a sense, this is my path. Yeah? It's this, and it's not too long, so it's not just walking around the whole grounds um, or the whole house. Um, but it's long enough that you have some continuity before you need to turn around and walk back yeah, in the opposite direction. Um, so it can be really helpful to have that. Uh, typically, it's helpful for most of us to walk or to move more slowly than we habitually will. 
Um, I'm going to say something more about that in the particular conditions that we have today. <laughs> but typically helpful to walk more slowly because that allows the attention to gather more easily. But again, it changes for different people. So have a little bit of experimentation to see what supports uh, you. Yeah, to have the mindfulness, to have the, uh, the presence. And we're still interested in the how we're relating. Yeah, so can we bring kindness and interest into how we engage with this practice? Some people love walking practice. Uh, for many people, it, it, for some people, it's more challenging. Yeah, it's where we get dispersed. You think, oh, I'll just go and make a cup of tea. Oh, I didn't make my bed. Uh, I'll just go and do that. And then we go up to the room and we notice that we didn't quite fold our clothes right in the drawer or whatever. Um, so <laughs> it's just interesting to see that, yeah, that we might get dispersed. And so it might take some kind of sense of clarity of intention about doing this. It's a very beautiful practice. It's a very powerful practice um, and can be really, really helpful for us. Um, so yeah, so you know, time to care for the body during this time. So we'll use the toilets. We'll probably make a hot drink, um, and and then do the do the practice. We can take our cup of tea with us, yeah, and stop occasionally and sip it, or do some standing meditation and drink it, uh, and then continue with the walking, uh, incorporate it. Um, so where to do walking practice? It's really it's really interesting day today so first I want to say we can appreciate the fact that it's raining because it hasn't rained for about three weeks and the grass was going brown yeah which is a pretty sad thing to happen in February so uh, or March so we can appreciate that it's raining even if it's not our personal preference <laughs> yeah. if we if we can kind of have that sense of okay for the big picture it's good even though I would love it to be a nice sunny day um, and just to see how we can hold both of those. It's not one instead of the other. If you have waterproofs, warm clothes, um, you're happy to go outside. Practicing outside is, is wonderful. Yeah. And uh, you're welcome to do that for the walking period, the whole period, some of the period, uh, whatever works for you. Um, it may be that because it's quite cold and the body's cold now from being still, you might either want to start off yeah, wherever you're going to do your walking practice, just by jigging the body a little bit and warming it up, um, kindness to the body. Um, and if you're doing walking practice, maybe today you might walk faster than we would usually recommend if that feels helpful uh, to warm the body up. Yeah, so it's okay, we can bring mindfulness to that and the attendance, the appropriateness to the experience. Um, so you can practice outdoors, anywhere around the grounds. Um, the uh, other option is to practice indoors. Yeah, so we have a walking room just here where some people can uh, walk. Some of you can practice in your room. Yeah, it might be a shorter path, but that's possible to walk uh, up and down. And there may be some spaces in the corridors and I think also in the lounge. We're going to uh, be uh, maybe out of tradition uh, and uh, use the lounge as well if people want to do some walking in there. That's a, a nice big space where that's possible um, to to do the, the practice. Um, and to say in some traditions, walking practice is done in a room. <laughs> yeah. People practice in their room, sitting, walking on their own all day. So uh, it's it can definitely be fruitful uh, to do. 
and we can bring that same sense of welcoming. So welcoming uh, the sensations of the footsteps or of the body moving into attention. Um, or feeling yourself being welcome to walk on the earth. Yeah, it's a really beautiful way of practicing, just feeling the sense of we all have a place, we're all welcome to walk on this earth. Yeah, and just having that sense. And a third possibility um, is as you walk, feeling your steps or your movement through the world as a movement of kindness. Yeah of steps of kindness and that can also be really beautiful really potent to kind of marry this meta attitude um, into the into the walking so as I I kind of just recap that so it can be just the same way that we did in the sitting here of receiving the anchor of attention with kindness and interest and care and receptivity and welcoming all of that it can be just tuning into the fact that I am welcome to walk on the earth you know, whether you're outside or inside having that sense um, it may be that uh, I relate to my steps or the movement of my body through the space of the world as a movement of kindness I tune in to steps of kindness steps of care uh, a movement of care uh, through, that, through the world beautiful sound of the rain it always sounds worse than it is yeah i grew up somewhere where it only rains for a few months in the year so i've had lots of practice <laughs> with opening to the you know difference that we have here and appreciating it so enjoy the practice we have uh just have 35 minutes for it so it's not very long because I overran. Um, and then we'll be back here for uh, some more practice in the hall at quarter past 11. So enjoy and go well. We'll see you back here soon. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.